everything's coming up to to Timberwolves. Yeah, in the zone. Simple dedication to the team when you're in the know. To to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah, in the soul. Lifting all the positivity for the wolves to grow. So, where we going from here, man? We listen week to week to get the clearest to clear. Recaps, got that. South Cap, got that. Team ads, got that. So tell me what they do not have, huh? Question to ask, but I don't mean to go brag. But boy, they got all the stats, and they could go all the way back from KG to Zerbiak. And all I'm saying is that the cast a one stop shot for my timber wolves. Timber wolves, ain't a thing falling, everything's coming up. Timber wolves, timber wolves, falling from the autumn, ain't nobody gonna stop him. It's the timber wolves, timber wolves, phonies, you can spot them, they the sheep under their clothes. Timber wolves, timber wolves, talk a lot about. Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson, if you didn't know that from the intro. And I'm joined, as always, by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? Doing good. Got a win. I'm happy for us. Absolutely, absolutely. And we beat the Warriors, so it sounds really good. Um, yeah. And it sounds good on paper, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga looks good. That's a little spoiler for the rest of the episode. And Jared Good. Jared, how are we doing? Well, I'm about as tired as I've been in the last six months, but I needed to be here for the people, so I'm here. Um, I think I think we went four and one since our last podcast, so hey, you know that's that's a pretty good sign. I think four yeah, and man. two, four and two, because yeah. I know we lost yeah. two, because yeah. we lost to the Pels, and then we lost to who's the other one we lost to? Uh, Memphis. Memphis, yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, it is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast, and so we're going to talk a little Timberwolves. So let's just get into it, first of all. Uh, Chris, what have you seen out of the Wolves the last uh, since we talked last, the last two weeks or so? You know, we've seen a little bit of everything. We've seen uh, some ups and downs, and even the losses, though, they're not that bad. Like, we lost to... We lost to Memphis, who is the hottest team in the NBA, um, and uh, you know we kind and we were ahead a lot of the game. We were in it a lot of the game. You know, um, you know we had some plays that could have went either way that would have helped us. Uh, you know, I'm not mad about that game. I think if we played that game ten more times, we'd win six of them maybe. So I mean, we're right there. Um, the Grizzlies were a tough game, but uh, they. Or no, not the. I mean the OKC game that we lost. That was the other one, right? Wait, no, Pelicans. 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 That's what. Yeah. The tough thing about the Pelicans is, in that game, our bench didn't show up, and the trouble was is the Pelicans bench plays like our bench. They just hustle and they work hard. So we're used to outworking teams, and uh, when we run into another team that works hard, that kind of that kind of doesn't. You know that advantage isn't there. So other than that, beating up on the on the beaten down uh, uh, Golden State, I'll take that any day. You know, give me a W. So yeah, I mean it's been up and down, but I think overall we're about where we think we are. We look like we're a, a solid, solid to good team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Jared, what have you seen out of the Wolves the last uh, two weeks? I'd say week and a half or so. Um, well, I'll, I'll say one thing. I'm happy that Noel's injury was a lot less serious than it looked originally yes, because absolutely. when I, I was, I was watching that Pelicans game and I had some people kind of ask me, um, just some fantasy questions about Noel this week. And I said, 
I would be surprised to see Noel play more than 15 minutes. Um, just that was talking yesterday. I think he played like 18 and, and he, he looked fine. Um, but watching that in real time, it looked like he was pretty hurt. I know he got fouled and had to stay in and shoot free throws, went one for two and then kind of limped until I think the ball got turned over or something. But um, I'm happy that, that he is healthier than I originally thought because I think he's, an, he's a very, very key piece to this team currently. Um, just looking at the Wolves bench, um, Beasley can't throw it in an ocean right now, it seems like. Well, that's just my opinion. Um, I know that that he's going to chuck it, but lately it just seems like every time. I, I watched the Pelicans game pretty much start to finish, and I actually watched the Pelicans broadcast, which was kind of funny because uh, – I was having some trouble with the Bally Sports, um, the Bally Sports app. So I watched um, the Pelicans broadcast, and they loved this little Alvarado kid. Man, these—they <laughs> was actually kind of fun to watch, and, and he was actually, you know, a pretty good little role player. So I kind of—I I watched him, but uh, yeah, no, the same broadcast. Yeah, it was. Uh, yep. it, it was a frustrating game because I thought the Wolves played really well. The Pelicans just seemed. Like every time we started clawing into it, they would hit a big shot, you know, and it's just one of those frustrating games because you look at the Pelicans on paper. Those are games that we really can't be dishing away, but sometimes you just get beat, and that's what happened that night. You know, I, I think with the Pelicans, I think we're going to have an issue with them going forward because I think Brandon Ingram is just one of those guys that always plays well against the Wolves, it feels like. There's always those guys, right, like uh, like for like Damian Lillard always seems to have a field day against us, which won't be an issue going forward for us. Now, I actually some, – uh, something that I wanted to say, uh, a little different uh, than what you were saying, Jared, I don't know. I like Malik Beasley coming off the bench for us. I Now, do, am, I, am I saying that we shouldn't use him as a trade piece if something comes up? No, absolutely not. We should try to get better. But I, I just think he's going through a shooting slump. And like, like I said last night – he was very good. I mean, he he was one he of those spark five plugs. in a row. Yeah, he hit five in a row. He was one of those spark plugs that um, that basically put the game away from us. And and, and let's let's talk about it a little bit. The bench performance last night was one of the best bench performances I've seen out of a Wolves uh, team in the last I would say five, seven, eight years. Because man, did, did they play? They basically played the entire into third quarter and into the fourth quarter. Jared, or Chris, go ahead. What was great to see, and, and you know, on, on probably every Timberwolves chat room, uh, talking Twitter or whatever, you're going to see, we got to play Noel, take Beasley's minutes, this and that. People need to realize that they're two different players. Like, that to me is almost like saying, you know, we need, we need to play – you know, Vanderbilt over McDaniels. Like, no, they're two, com they're two completely different players. Like, Beasley is going to be just bombing threes, and that's all he does. He, he stretches the floor. He keeps the defense um, spread out. He, everyone's out there. They, they got it. They can't leave him. They can't. Like, he had five in a row. He comes off screens, catches it one step, putting up a three. That's what he does. Noel doesn't have that in his bag anymore. He used to for some reason, but he doesn't seem to anymore. Noel's taking it to the rack. Like like we've said on here before, Noel is more like, you know, Anthony Edwards. Like that's what that's how he gets his game. He's going to, you know, dribble, put three or four moves on you, take you to the hole, try to get to the line. Like 
they're different players, and I think they can coexist together. And I think if we're going to have an effective bench, they're both going to have to play. And like last night, they both had, what, 16, 17 each? Um, that's how we'll win. Uh, I don't know if – I mean, that's probably unrealistic for them to put up those numbers each time. But Noel has had – like in the last 30 days, he's averaging 12.5 points a game. I mm-hmm. mean, that's huge. Um, some of those were, you know, big minutes, like 26, 28 minutes. I don't think he's going to be getting those long term because guys were out. But we need his spark plug and we need Beasley to shoot. Um, if we don't have both those guys, um, you know, we're we're one and done in the playoffs. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, yes, I totally agree with you, Chris. So that's why I was seeing a lot of people posting like, oh, let's give Noel Beasley's minutes. And, I, I, and I'm saying like, I don't think they're interchangeable. I, I think they're, they like you said, they both play different roles. They, they're both in to do two different things. And so I think they both need to play. So I don't think He's it's has got time. J-Max minutes. That's who he took. He took right. the point guard J-Max minutes. Which is fine. <laughs> which, oh, sorry. Uh, which is 100% fine. Uh, but yeah, and so and also, if if we are trying to pull off a trade with Malik Beasley, now's not the time to bench him, right? Like now's the time to show what he can do and and showcase him. Like what if what if I don't know the Indiana Pacers catch last night's game and he hits five straight threes and they're like, hmm, maybe we only need one first round pick because apparently that's the rumor that's going around that. The, uh, the Pacers, four miles Turner, they want two first-round picks, which seems a little steep. We can get into that in a little bit. But, Jared, go ahead. Yeah, you know, we were talking about Beasley and Noel, and I agree with both of you. They both need to play. Um, I Well, first of all, I just don't think our bench is all that deep. But the Timberwolves in general, from top to bottom, are a very streaky team. Um, yep. I'm looking for Beasley to hit more from the 35 to 36 from three percent or 35 to 40 percent range from three um he seems to have stretches where he he misses a lot but i'm not i'm not saying that like we need to like bench him or anything i just want to see him put the ball in the basket a little bit more you know um but that's who the timberwolves are they're a very fast paced streaky team and when we hit our shots we can beat any literally any single team in the league uh and and we've seen that when they do when they do shoot well um it kind of sounds so cliche to say and i've said it before you know but like if the Timberwolves make shots, like they are a team that has the star power, that has the ability to match up with any team in the entire league. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be playing these. Let's want to put the ball in the basket just a little bit more. Right. right. More consistently. Right. Absolutely. And yes, I will say last night, particularly against the Warriors was a little bit of an outlier game for Beasley. Like he started slow and then all of a sudden, bam, 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 he's hitting shots. But let's talk about particularly since, since we had a game last night, how about in just in general, D'Lo being more of a facilitator. Now he only, now he only finished with seven points last night. And a lot of that was due to, I would probably say the bench playing so well, but Man, 12 assists. I what, what was the stat? It, like in his last eight games, he's had 10 assists, like in six of them. So, oh, man, I had that stat written down to talk about. I love that you said it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about Yeah, that. man. In the beginning of the year, people were – we were – might have been on here, might have been on something. We're saying, what is your outlook? Like, what do you want to see from, from D'Lo? And I said I want to see him average about 16, 17 points, about nine assists – and, you know, like four rebounds. Like, I want the assists 
to be what he is. And that's mm-hmm. what Finch said early in the year. He said um, he wants to see him more as a distributor, more as a playmaker. That's what we loved by. That's what we loved with him when he was scouting him in in Houston. He said for the draft, um, he has it in his bag. And like you said, in the last eight games, he has six games of over 10 assists. And, you know, there's a 14 mixed in there. There's a couple 12s mixed in there. And before that, the whole rest of the season, he only has two games over 10 assists. So -hmm. this is a new thing that he's that he's doing. It's not that he hasn't been able to, but I think he's finally finding his role. And and it's like some people find their role like different, like Van, like Vando's found his role. Right. But that's Mm -hmm. because he was kind of not very good before that. Now he's finding where he can be good. D'Lo can be good in other areas. D'Lo can give you 25 a game, probably the whole season. But, you know, that would t- that doesn't always mean that's better for the team's total outlook. So I love what he's doing, man. I love everything about what D'Lo's doing. And the most important thing is these assists aren't just, like they're not just dummy assists. Like you swing right. it to a guy and he hits a three. The way that they're using Vando in the pick and roll now with Vando as a role guy has changed our entire offense. And it's just spoon feeding Vando easy dunks. Like he's got to be shooting 80% in the last five games. And most of them are just big fucking two hand power dunks off easy easy passes. Yeah. And, and that's and that's the way we need to get Jared Vanderbilt the ball, not in the way where they were like we were saying in past podcasts, where they're like chucking it down to him or off balance passes, one handed. That's easy bounce passes to Vando. He can he can corral those in and and and, and credit him for catching them. Like yeah. it sounds it sounds super like juvenile to say that, but credit Vander Vando for catching these passes because even these were ones that he was not catching for like most of the season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, oh, actually, go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I had a couple of points here. But uh, if, if if Jared Vanderbilt was a wide receiver in Madden, what do you think his catching would be? But it would be below 50? Oh, for sure. <laughs> because I, for I, sure. I, know that's, I know for sure that Gabe's going to say, man, you've got to turn the sliders down on his catching. <laughs> catching traffic. Catching traffic would be like 10. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm gonna whatever Troy Williamson's number well, numbers were in like Madden 2004. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the number for Vando. Uh, but but just circling back to D'Lo and, and his his passing. Um, you know it's funny because it goes it goes like kind of unnoticed. Like yeah, he was two for nine. You know, and people get on D'Lo in close games when he he shoots kind of poorly and we end up losing. But boy, when when uh, he's got 12 assists and we score 119 points, it kind of sounds like a dummy answer to say, but hey, kind of just say, oh, yeah, he's two for nine, but we won by 30, or well, we won by 20. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's people, there's people throwing D'Lo under the bus in, uh, I think, our last loss, and he had like, I don't know, like 18 points and like 14 assists, and I'm like, what are you, t- what are you talking about? Like, what do you want from this guy? You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and also it, it makes it a lot better because when when he's not hitting his shots, he can he can still be a factor out on the court because like I said, D'Lo can go off at any time. Like we've seen it. Like I always harken back to that Philadelphia game. That was that was and I, I hate I hate to be negative, but that's probably the best we're gonna ever see D'Lo because he was amazing against he said Philadelphia. The same thing. 
I think right. in an interview, he said the same thing. He's like, I haven't felt it like that, I think, ever. Right. And he's yeah. put up 50 against us. Right. Oh, I remember that. Was that with the, that was with the Warriors, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, man, if he can, if he can be out there, because – and I, I think he's playing better defense too. Like he's getting after the ball sometimes. He's yeah, giving up his body, uh, uh, send some charges, rotating um, to the corner to get to challenge those three pointers a lot. No, he's he's earning his money this year. And also, does it not feel like that? Like all three start now. It's it's a little different for Anthony Edwards because it's only his second year in the league, but. Does it not feel like every single Wolves – I feel like the entire team is having the funnest year of their entire career. Like, it's just the camaraderie on the bench, uh, the 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 post, the post-game post analysis. I, I feel like Cats – this has got to be Cats' favorite year of its entire life. And I feel like that for D'Lo as well. But go ahead, Jared. Yeah, you know, you're talking about Anthony Edwards, and one thing that I just wanted to bring up that I've noticed recently is he seems to be starting games extremely slow, like having zero points at the end of the first quarter multiple games in a row. Um, don't quote me that to be 100% accurate, but I know that he's been extremely slow these past couple games, and then it seems like his third quarter is where he kind of either breaks out or he, he just doesn't have a good game. Um, I'd be interested in, like, trying to I, we've talked about this earlier about getting guys like D'Lo and Edwards going early because we know what Cat's going to bring Cat's going to bring you 20 and 10 every single night doesn't matter who we're playing like I feel don't need to like establish him early but for us being such a streaky team that we are I would love to see like the first couple of shots of the game of every game whether it be like the first three, I mean, it doesn't have to be like every possession, but I would love to see D'Lo shoot the ball at least once and then maybe Edwards twice because Edwards seems to be, he seems to start slow a lot of these games recently, which is kind of hard to knock on him because he's such a good player. But like, I feel like we need to establish those two guys early because we know Cat's going to be Cat. Mm-hmm. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, one thing that I loved about Kevin, and I have one of the biggest criticizers of Kevin Love throughout his Timberwolves career, but one thing I loved about him early in his career was kind of exactly what you're talking about, Cat, is he would give you 20 and 10, and he wasn't like a focal point at that point. It was just, you know, getting little offensive rebounds. The ball swings to him, he hits a jumper. Like, it was all organic in the flow of it. Nothing had to be forced. Nothing was really like was pushed his direction and he just put up those numbers. And I think it's super valuable to have a guy like that, that can put up those numbers without having to be a focal point. Um, when talking about Ant, he um, had that game where he blew up in the second half and everybody loved it. And he hit like all those threes in the fourth quarter, bring us close and we lost. And people forgot about the fact that the whole first half, I think he had three or, or like six points. And he mentioned it in his post game. who it's, it's beautiful how real he is in his postgame. Um, he basically said, you know, I was terrible for most of the game. Like I was no good. You know, I got hot at the end, but like I need to be better early. Um, and there's a real tight line between forcing it, letting the game come to you and, um, you know, and being aggressive and, and he just hasn't had it figured out yet.
but it's also with Delo. Delo needs to find that line between facilitator and offensive juggernaut. And uh, you know, he's right there. He can he can do either. So we're still figuring it out. Um it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch him figure it out, though. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. So let, let's go to the chat. We got a question uh, from Chris Armstead. So he says, I feel like Chris Finch's coaching efforts have been overlooked. How would you guys rate him so far? And whoever wants to go first can go ahead. Why don't you, go, go ahead, Jared. How would you rate uh, Chris Finch so far this season? I would say at least eight and a half out of 10, if not a nine. Um, he, the way he runs this team and like, he runs this team to play how we should play. We should play fast. We should shoot a lot of threes. Like that's how this team should be ran. The defense has gotten a lot better in my opinion. I know Chris will probably agree with me on that as well, but not only that, like, like we know who we are at this point. We've played what? 43 games. Like if we make shots, we're going to beat everybody. And if we don't, we're going to lose to literally anybody. Like we could lose tomorrow to the Magic if we don't hit our shots. Like that's just what this I've team seen is. them lose to the Magic this year. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> that, that's just that's just how this team is. Like, it, it, and it sounds so cliche to say, but like literally, if this team puts the ball in the basket, they can beat any and everybody. And if they don't, they can also lose to anybody and everybody because that's what they do. They like the Rockets did. Um, back when Harden was there, um, they they play fast and they shoot a ton. Um, and if they hit them, they ain't losing. I'll tell you that much right now. Um, I just want to reiterate back to something. Uh, Alex sent me a message um, on Facebook, so thanks, Alex. Um, Anthony Edwards this season has averaged six point three points per game, one rebound, and half an, or almost a full assist in the first quarter through thirty seven games from StatMuse. So it does kind of work out to be like, yeah. You know, it's 24 a game. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it just isn't like he started slow. Recently he has. He's just a streaky guy. I mean, he's just a flamethrower or he's just not there. But um, either way, but to, back to Finch. So I think it was last year they did a poll with coaches about which coach like has the best uh, plays, calls the best plays, runs the best offense. And Chris Finch had like got like third in the votes or fourth in the votes. Like he was definitely um, in the running and a guy and a guy that was is respected throughout the league for his offensive offensive play calling and offensive ability. But this year, what he's done with the defense is amazing. And people forget that we lost our defensive coordinator that we had all set up like a week before the season started or two weeks before. And we brought in. I forget who it is. Some big man that I remember was in, might've been in the Jordan draft or something. And uh, they, they asked him about the defense and what he plans to do. And he said, I'm here to run what Chris Finch has planned. Like I'm just here to run the system. So this system isn't some defensive coordinators dream that he figured out. This is Chris Finch's defense. And we've went from 25th in the league historically, probably over the last 15 years to there's not a metric you can find that has us out of the top 10. And it started out looking like maybe it's a fluke, but man, with our athletes, we're leading the league in turnovers created. Like we're, we're doing every, we're playing the way we need to play. Like you said, um, we're like you said, on offense, we're playing the way we need to. And what's great is to have a guy like D'Lo who early in his, in the year, I think he was quoted talking about when they talked about the GM being fired 
he basically was like, listen, I've been in the league a long time. I've played for a lot of coaches. I've played for a lot of GMs. I'm just here to play ball. And it seemed like he was almost saying he doesn't care about the coaches. Like, But now you see him just praising Chris Finch. And you mm-hmm. see all the guys talk to him about Finchy, Finchy this, Finchy that. Like, there's this seems like this bond, but yet he doesn't seem like this player's coach that's like, no. you know, giving him cupcake meetings. Like he'll throw somebody under the bus in every in every post game, and it's not because he's being a jerk; it's because he's being honest. Like mm-hmm. I think there's a real respect for him, and I think he's one of the guys that if we keep him, you know, 10, 15 years. He's gonna he's gonna really turn heads and being like you know coach of the year type material. Wow, 10, 15 years. Wow. <laughs> Why not? I mean, yeah, I I I think all systems go on that. I mean, as long as things work out, I I'm all for it. But I I think and I heard them talking about this. I think during a broadcast of a game, Chris Finch seems like a guy that doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, right? Like he he's kind of yes. even keel, and I think that's perfect for the team that we have now. I think it almost kind of keeps them grounded because you see you see Timberwolves after wins, they're like celebrating on the sideline and being like super hype and stuff like that. I think we need a guy who's like, okay, let's settle down. Let's, we yeah. basically the guy that can tell them like, you haven't done anything yet, right? Like you, you may have beat Golden State. You may have uh, won this game or that game, but you, you still need – there's still more work to be done. And that's what I like about Chris and Finch. He, Go ahead he hasn't even hit his, he hasn't even hit his one year anniversary on the team. That's like, true. That's what we got to realize. Like this guy's like, they said all off season, all they did was set up defense. So like mm-hmm. he hasn't even really installed his offense fully. Like this is all just playing off, you know, one year and, you know, a uh, kind of a weird off season. So, right. You know, there's greater things to come. This isn't a final product. Also, we and I just want to harken back to this. Remember how this all started, where everyone was mad at us that we hired him so quick. Like <laughs> that was silly. That that seems like that seems like years ago. But like, it's man, funny, you're not that, hearing any of those people now. Right? Exactly. Like, I don't know. Like they turned it into like a race thing. Like, yeah, there was I, people I, that I, were mad that uh, ah, God, I can't think of it. His name off the top of my head now. Uh, I believe he was the offensive defensive coordinator or something. Vanderpool. Uh, he was, Vanderpool. yeah, Vanderpool. Yeah, that's yeah. Who, that's who people were mad that we didn't go after. Um, I, I, right. he, I don't even know where he is. He still, I don't even know where he's at right now. I think he's an assistant coach somewhere. That's the thing. Like, it's not like he was a number one target and t- teams were dying to grab him either. Right. Yeah. No. I yeah, just want to go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to reiterate back to something that we've mentioned a few times um, on this podcast when talking about uh, uh, when talking about Chris Finch. Um, he was the guy that unlocked Jokic. He was the guy that was, you know, a big coaching back when uh, Boogie Cousins and AD were dominating with New Orleans. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because those are three big men that have basically not been completely unlocked by Finch, but have definitely had a push by Finch to be unlocked to what their games are today. Now, when looking at the trade deadline, when we mentioned guys like Miles Turner and Chris Boucher and Marvin Bagley, these are all big men that we're looking to get our hands on, and we have a coach that knows how to work with these big men and kind of unlock some hidden talent. Um, and I think that that's a big thing uh, when looking at the trade deadline. Like, Miles Turner, 
is is a great player, but he's still young. Like I still feel like he can be unlocked to be more. Um, and same thing with the other two guys, both some youth. Um, if we get our hands on any one of those three players, I think that would be a big move going forward. Not only because I like the players and I like their games and I like that we have a necessity for all three of them, but I also think that Chris Finch and the way he coaches basketball and kind of unlocks these big men could be a big thing moving forward for us if we get our hands on it on one of those three players. Right. And I could... Oh, go ahead. Mo Bamba. That's my like guy it. now. I'm off. I'm almost off the Turner bandwagon right now because if if there if it's getting to be a point where it's two first round picks and salary match for Turner, that's getting a little steep for me. That might just be what they're saying to try to drive the price up. But um, the uh, Magic came out and they said one pit one first round is what they're looking at for Bamba. What's Bamba like? Twenty two years old right now. The dude's mm-hmm. been hurt a lot. I get that, but let's not pretend like Turner's, you know, Cal Ripken Jr. either. So um, if Bamba, dude's averaging like two blocks a game, a steal, you know, decent rebound, like eight, nine rebounds, like he's kind of like the exact same thing as, as Turner, but yet he's not the guy that's saying, you know, I want a bigger role. You know, he's, so I think, I would way rather kind of go with Bamba right now at a, at a value than mm-hmm. Turner, to, to be honest with you. But I mean, I'll take either one of them, but you get, give me, dude, I'll take Mo Bamba. That guy's a monster. Plus, I mean, we, we get to hear the song at every game then, right? And every time he storms. <laughs> right? What song? Oh, have you not heard the song Mo Bamba? I've, oh, okay. No, no, that's okay. No, the whole song about him. Yeah, well, it's not. It's not really about him. It's it's not a great song, but like it it popped off in like 2018. Hey, yeah. If you have a song about you or even with your name in it, good for him. I'm all right. About yeah, uh, Mo Bamba's got one. Tyler Hero's got one. Uh, uh, we, we could get Troy Hudson on the tracks, and we could have the whole team in the in the thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm trying to think of other. NBA play. Well, of course, <laughs> I know Ricky Rubio's got one. Ricky Rubio's <laughs> got one by some uh, real kind of underground, like dirty, uh, grimy rapper that <laughs> is one of my favorite songs. And uh, it, it's good. Look it up. I think his name is like, I don't know, like, uh, you'll see it when you see it. Dude's got no shirt on. He's about 350. <laughs> sloppy as heck. It's a really, it's a, it's a chart topper. Of course, Alan Iverson's got one that's got the white Iverson by uh, oh, Post yeah, Malone. by Post Malone. Yeah, by the way, uh, I just since I saw this in the chat, I want to clear clear this up right now. Uh, yes, wild card weekend is a fancy term for for uh, for the first round of the NFL playoffs. So just so you know, uh, Chris, that's our that's our Australian yeah. lister. We gotta we gotta fill them in every once in a while, <laughs> right? Right. Yes. So yes, it is the first round of the playoffs. Which honestly, I know it's the wrong podcast, but it's been pretty boring so far. Yes, there was <laughs> uh, one good game that was ruined by the ref falling over the football. <laughs> see, I don't know. I just quick tangent. I think Dak has got to like be more assertive and like try to get the ref the ball in that situation. But anyway, anyway, my point talking. on football. I'm going to make a quick point on football. Remember Go ahead. about. 15 years ago, everyone's like, baseball, God, it's so slow and boring. Like, nobody's watching baseball. The youth, it's killing the youth. That's right. football to me now. Now football <laughs> is 
is yesterday's baseball. Like, I ain't got time for it. I don't have three hours to watch 20 minutes of action. Right. Like, that's not for me. And that that's the thing about basketball. It's the most concise sport because, I mean, you take out halftime, it's pretty much two hours of action, right? Yep. So it'll, it'll go two hours and then maybe 15 minutes. If it goes into overtime, overtime doesn't count, but, like, Man, that, it's just that ball is literally, literally 20 minutes. They've done it before. There's 20 minutes of actual things happening in a football game. Everything else is guys walking back to the huddle, guys standing, guys walk like it's 20 minutes right. of things happening. Right. That, that, since we're on random rants about sports, and that and this, ahead, is gonna, yeah. this, this is gonna rub people the wrong way, but this is why I can't watch hockey. You you play one period, you have a break for 20 minutes. You play another period, you have another break for 20 minutes. I'm like, dude, I could sneak in two naps before you guys start playing again. Um, I love playoff hockey, and, and being from Minnesota, it's not a not a hot take, but like, so I just can't do regular season hockey. And it, it has nothing to do with me absolutely loving basketball. I mean, maybe it does a little bit, but like, man, you give me two 20 minute breaks, I'm falling asleep, man. Right. And I agree. So, so my, a little bit about my background, um, which the guys know, but in case you don't, I've worked in like radio in the past uh, and stuff like that. So I've like produced hockey games, man, are they long? You just, cause of what you said, the, the two breaks, <laughs> like, bas- like I do a high school basketball game, like the, the first half 40 minutes, then there's a break, another 40 minutes, you're out hockey. It's like, Oh man, uh, 30 minutes and then there's like a 15 minute break and then another 30 to 20 minutes and then another 15 minute break and then another one. Oh, it just takes forever. It takes forever. I don't know. Which is why we're not the Everything is Coming Up Wild podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Who lost today? But um, man, that, that's the one thing I do wish. I wish, now I know there were games on, but I wish we had some Wolves Martin Luther King Day. Uh, action today. I really do because I would have been all over that. In two more seasons, yeah. when we're a consistent top five seed, we'll be there. I, I woke up today and there's basketball NBA on it. I think at eleven thirty, I was like, "Oh man, this is great!" Because as a guy that with the kids, I'm like, "Oh yeah, basketball score." You know, I watched Illinois yeah, and Purdue, which was a phenomenal game. I love that was a good game. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, that was that was a good game. That that was. Uh, Man, I don't know. I don't know. Purdue looks good. They could. They could do don't it. Don't they Maybe. have a guy that's like seven five? Yes. Yeah, and he used to be yeah, a hockey uh, player. Uh, he started out playing uh, Eddie or Ed. Ed. It starts with E. Edie. 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 Yeah. Isn't he Asian? No, no, yeah. no. He's a. He's. A, he he's, is. He's, uh, he. Well, he looked like he was Asian, but he's probably Russian or something. Here, I'm looking him up. Edie. <laughs> Zach. Edie, uh, is that guy seven. like an? Is he going to be an NBA prospect or is he too slow? Mm, yeah, I bet he'll. I bet he'll be like a second round draft. I interesting note nope. on him. Uh, he's only been playing basketball for two years, which I thought was incredible. Kind of like the Tim That's Duncan cool. thing when he went to Wake Forest, like was playing, didn't play basketball at all. He was like, I think, like a sophomore in high school or something crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's uh, so I'm looking at it. He's seven four, seven four. So I love I, I'm sure, and, and he's from he's from Latvia. So that uh, so I'm sure he'll get some looks. Like I'm sure my I'd sign him. I love I love freaks. You give me any of them freaks, I'll take all. Of them. <laughs> I mean, Manute Bowles, my favorite, like probably top three favorite basketball player of all time. I loved Mark Eaton. Yeah, like, I was gonna mention. I love yep. all those freaks, man. 
Give them, give me all of them. Was was Manute Bowl ever on the same team as uh, uh, George uh, Mirsan? No, no, I'm trying to. Who was that really small guy? Earl Boykin? Bobes. Yes, they were. Oh, they were? Okay. Yeah, and there's a poster of it, and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, Yao Ming, he's a cool freak too, but he wasn't <laughs> as freaky because he was like normal size looking. Like, I want the guys that look like they were like, like stretched. Like their neck is like eight sizes too big for their body. Just <laughs> all wrong. I like those guys. You know, Sean Bradley, rest in peace. All those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was awful. What happened to Sean Bradley? Uh, yeah. Oh man, yeah. All those guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, so one thing that I want to make sure we talk about, and it's kind of the title of of this episode. Doesn't it feel like it's time for the Wolves to kind of make a run and get out of this? Like five now, maybe we're a five hundred team, but I feel like it's time to make a run. Is it not, Chris? I don't know. It just it feels I think we like can. It. I think we can. I was looking at the stretch going forward, and I mean, all of February, I would say every single game, but one or two or three of them, are are fully winnable. I mean, there's going to be some that we're going to have to play good, but I think we can go. I think we can go on a run here where we're like 15 and five. Like, I don't think there's a reason that we can't go like 15 and five going forward. I mean, will it happen? Probably not, but I think we can. I mean, I think we can do it. And it's time for this team to put up or shut up. You know, are we this team? You know, are we going to be what we are? Um, And I think we can do it. I think we can push to be, uh, uh, you know, because this is the type of year, time of the year that the, the standings are still so tight and I think stuff can get stretched out and I think we can do it. Mm-hmm. Jared, go ahead. I'm just, I'm just showing the schedule on the side, but Jared, because go we ahead. got like trailblazers, we got nuggets, we got teams that we thought that you would think are normally good, but they're not that good anymore. Pistons, right. Kings, Pacers, Kings. Pacers are hurt. Kings Bulls? are right just, Bulls. Yeah. Bulls, Bulls will be tough. Bulls will but, be tough, but they're, they're vulnerable right now. They're not I think playing well. A, a pretty positive Levine just got hurt. I'm not sure how serious it was. He I don't is. know if he played today. Um, they said the MRI is fine, but um, he's going to be a couple weeks. So, you know you know what I'm going to talk about, because I was the guy that was all about that five seed, um, and I still am. <laughs> and Everyone called you crazy. We are three games behind the Mavericks right now. Um looking at that five seed. Do I think we can go higher than that? Absolutely not. The Grizzlies are the next, are the four seed at 31 and 15. Like we're the five seed is the peak. Like that is as high as we can go. Um, do I think we can get ahead of the Nuggets and, and, and uh, the Mavericks? I mean, absolutely. I do. I, I, I think like looking forward, like, you know, how in the show we always talk about like the week looking for how many games do you think yep. we can win? And it's usually either, you know, two games, three games, sometimes it's four. If it's three games, we need to go two and three. If it's four games, we need to go three and four. It's put up or shut up time. Are we good or are we pretending? Um, right now we sit at the eight, eight seed. I don't really want to be in those playing games because, I mean, I don't want us to play us regardless of where we're sitting. But, like, I would rather have an actual spot in the playoffs, which means you need to be six or higher. Um, do I think this team can do it? Absolutely. Um I still believe that we can get to that range. I don't think the Mavericks are three games better than us. I think that we ran through COVID. We ran through injuries. 
we're healthy now and we can win a lot of games. I think so too. I mean, there's no reason we're, we've proven that this defense is consistent. This isn't a flash in the pan defense. We are a top 10 defensive team. We do force people to turn the ball over. Um, what we have to fix is our half court offense, um, which, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly, you know, that's going to be the guys working together. I think part of the uh, pick and roll with Vando is going to really help that. But I think I saw we were 26th in the league in half court offense. Like that's, we can't have that when you have three, four, when you have four guys that have been 20 point scorers or could be 20 point scorers that are still in their prime. Like sometimes you'll have that stat and you've got guys like Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard on your team. Like those guys don't count, but we've got guys that are legit, not even in their prime yet that have been 20 point scores, four of them on this team. We need to be playing better and half court is, is the way to do it. And if mm-hmm. we can turn that around a little bit, I think there's no reason why we can't be a, you know, a six, five seed. So Chris, a uh, quick question for you. How would you, what do you think the wolves need to do? Like to turn around their half court offense? Like what, what are some steps for <clears throat> I think Cat needs to learn what he what. So I think Carl Anthony Towns has trouble. I think he's immature. I think Carl Anthony Towns is one of those guys that matures maybe a little bit later than others in the league. I think that he needs to realize that where his where his limitations are. Um, mm-hmm. Passing out of double teams, he's literally the worst in the NBA, and it's not close. Um, he's something like. I've, I've got the stat, but it's something like 40% of the time he's double teamed, he commits a turnover. It's, it's ungodly. And like the third place guy is like 20%. So he's like double as bad as, as you know, the, the guy just two below him. Um, so we have to figure that out. I think we have to cut. Like hopefully getting these passes to Vando was huge, but like we've got guys like, like McDaniels that literally is worth zero on offense. He's, he's, he's worth nothing. And he'll just stand there. Cut, for God's sakes. Like, mm-hmm. the way that Delo's passing the ball now, cut. Make a move. Like, you're you're shooting 20% from three. So standing at the three-point line looking for a spot up isn't really doing much for us. Like, we need guys to be moving. We need more action. Um, I think what we need is the all-star break. And I think we need um, Finch to, you know, maybe change something up a little bit, tweak something here and there, and get guys going. Mm-hmm. Jared, go ahead. You know, one thing that we talked about last year, well, my spell, myself specifically, but I know that you guys kind of noticed it as well, is we were running that, like, it was almost like a triangle look with our three stars. Um, you'd have a high pick and roll with D'Lo and Cat, and then you would have Edwards, like, coming across or even, like, diving towards the hoop. And I loved seeing that last year because the play art was so, like, smooth and made so much sense because, like, even when – we had those kind of situations. Like we also had a three point shooter in the corner. It seemed like for the most of the time, and we probably still do. Um, we just kind of got to, uh, you know, trust them to make it when it's there. But I feel like I have seen a lot less of that this year. And right. I kind of want to see that again, that, that triangle at the top, um, you get D'Lo and cat do the high pick and roll. If you kick it to cat, whatever. And if D'Lo goes hard, whatever, but then you have ant coming in hard. Um, and this could be, a great way to set up Ant and D'Lo in the first quarter too, because you have two out of the three three start. You, I, I can't say this enough. We know what Cat's going to do. We need to establish D'Lo. We need to establish Ant early. 
How about Cat on the wing at the three-point line and run a pick and roll with Edwards and D'Lo? Let Edwards put that bulk on D'Lo's guy and let, let Edwards dive to the hoop. Who wants that? Like, nobody wants to get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. I think we need yeah, to no, I, go back I like to that triangle, triangle action. So, Coach Finch, if you're listening, make yeah. it happen. I'll I, text him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if what if the what if like what if what if like you got his number somehow and you actually did and then you watch tomorrow's game and then they're just running the triangle with with dashing into the lane and stuff like that? Like what if? I, like I, that would I, be amazing. I, I mean I know they got I know they got Wi Fi on these planes and they're traveling today, so uh, actually planes they got free Wi Fi up there, I'll tell you that much. There's no love- reason there's no reason that they're not watching this podcast. Right, right. I, they, I, I would. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we we're praising D'Lo. Tonight. By the way, one thing that I do want to say about D'Lo going back, I was looking at the stats. He's eleventh in the league in the assists. So, and that yeah. that's with only like not assisting too much at the beginning of the season. Like so I said, he had shows- he had two times over ten assists all year up until he, you know, like this eight game stretch where he's mm-hmm. had it six times. Take that out. The whole rest of the year, he's had twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, this and, is and that's strange. and guys right guys right next to him are like Drew Holiday and like uh, John Morant. So if that says anything, I, I think that that speaks. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Delo's John Morant, but still, I mean, that's where he's ahead of him in assists. So if that says any anything, so uh, I think uh, let's take a look at what we got coming up. Uh, this week. Uh, so we got the Knicks tomorrow. Should be Win. an interesting game. Uh, we got the Hawks. Um, got the Hawks the next day. Nets with Sands, uh, Durant, and then the Trailblazers on Tuesday. So what are we looking for out of the Wolves this week? Start with you, Chris. Are the Nets at New- – the Nets is a away game, right? Uh, let me check. I believe – no. Let me see. Uh, where – I have a bunch of tabs open. We're, we're, Nets, at, we're at home. Yeah, we're at T Center, so that means Kyrie's playing. Um, oh, good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Let's <laughs> win them all. Absolutely, I I don't see why let's not. Win them all. I mean, I think the Nets would be tough, but I I don't think. Uh, I mean, Durant? I hate the Kyrie Irving, um, James Harden like teammates. Like those two guys. Like, what are we gonna? One guy's gonna ISO, and then you're gonna have the other guy ISO. Like, okay, like that's fine. Like, I I'm not really. I mean, they're great, but I'm not too afraid of that. I think right. we can. I think we can win at least. We might lose one, but I think we can win them all. Like we said, put up or shut up. Right. Yeah, I think it's time, Jaron. Anything to add on that? What are you looking for out of the Wolves this week? So, I've I've been kind of researching back games a lot recently, and I hate it because I think it's a poor excuse. Um, I was watching, not to get off topic here, but I was watching Portland against Memphis, and I was like, oh, yeah, Portland's going to win this game. And Portland was up by 20, and then they blew a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter and ended up losing that game. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's because they're on a back. I'm like, it's a piss-poor excuse. They're up by 20, but tired legs, you yeah. know, it, it, it's a real thing in the NBA. Anyways, my point is uh, the Knicks are coming off a of back-to-back. They just got boat raced by the, the Hornets today. Um, I think they're traveling here, too. Uh, that should be um, – especially for a team that plays their starters so many minutes uh, with Tibbs. 
I, I would be very surprised if we lost tomorrow. Um, but then we are on a back-to-back, and I believe we fly to Atlanta, um, which is a team I don't like how we match up with. But like, like I said, it's put up or shut up. It's time to start winning. That game scares me a little bit. Um, and then Brooklyn, um, like like Chris said, there are basketballs in the entire universe for two guys to play iso ball without Kevin Durant. Um, and I also believe recently they've been starting De- De- Devon Sharp at center. I mean, catch against that, um, whoever that cat exactly. is. Um, I, I definitely think we should go two and one this week. How we get there, I don't care. But like I said, two out of three uh, moving forward, three out of four, that's that's – that's the blueprint um, towards moving up in the standings. That's a recipe for the five seed, right? That's right. Absolutely. Well, uh, my expectation for the Wolves, like you said, just win some games, make it happen, go on a run, and let's see Let's see where we are next week. I think we're going to be in good standing. But this is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And as always, go Wolves. Go Wolves.